Hey everyone, my name is Joseph. Welcome to Digimon Seekers Chapter 4, Part 5, uh, Sons of Chaos Seekers. So let's go ahead and get into the first quote. Koski chose to focus his attention on the three prototype Digimon who were busy cracking open the gateway. He remained hollow-eyed beside them, ready to bear his entire existence to the digital world. It was what his pride demanded, and also the least he could do to the least he could do in light of the sacrifices of the SOC members and their partner Digimon and advancing the cause. Excuse me, I stumbled over my words there for a bit. He watched the gate cracking progress bar crawl forward. So I really like this quote just because of that one specific portion that states that despite knowing the dangers and knowing the risks, Koski is uh, hollowizing himself. And uh, I like how he's keeping in mind, although it is a nature of pride, so a little bit egotistical, he's also keeping in mind the communal, the communal aspect of it too. Kind of like, um, since I'm, I'm currently rereading and also rewatching the Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire series, and a lot like uh, during the part when, the, uh, when Stannis is attacking King's Landing, and Tyrion asks Joffrey to fight with everyone, uh, not at the front lines, but at the very least on the battlements. And Cersei, uh, Joffrey's mom, does not want that to occur, and Tyrion explains he's not going to be fighting, he's just there for moral support, to give uh, the other soldiers that little hurrah that they need in order, uh, that little, uh, uh, not cheer, but what's the, um, that push, that extra push that they need to uh, remain focused and disciplined. I would argue that in this instance, Koski is hollowizing himself because he's aware that by doing so, the other sons of chaos leaders who are still present, who are still helping to protect this group of three uh, from the, uh, the gatekeepers, uh, they're going to be a little bit more uh, determined to do so, right? Because again, uh, Koski's right there showing himself, and I just really like that. I think it shows uh, a, a lot of his leadership skills, even if there is a bit, an element of ego uh, included in this. Uh, yep, going forward, actually. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And also, <laughs> really quickly, just to highlight how he keeps the community in line, I also really appreciate how he doesn't just keep the mind leakers in consideration, but also their partner Digimon as well. That's really cool. I just like that highlight of not just using Digimon as tools, but again, using Digimon as actual partners. Moving forward, Logomon flicked their nose ever so slightly into the air. What is it, Logomon? It's coming, Logomon said with a hint of fear. Logomon must have gotten a whiff of whatever was emerging from the deaths. It? No. You don't mean, hey, Tartarus, E.G. called out. He couldn't glean any further info from his virtual monitor, which is more or less in standby mode now that Logomon was devoting most of their AI functions to the gate cracking. Stay calm, Logomon, Dormon said softly. There's nothing we can do about that right now. Logomon grunted in frustration. That said, I trust your nose. Marvin, Dormon called out. Uh, their voice far more robotic and mechanical now that most of their processing cycles are devoted to cracking the gate. We're dedicated to cracking the gate. I hear you. That's it. Everyone fall back, Marvin barked to the others. Tapping out, sir. That's it for me, too. The other SOC leaders chimed in, letting Tartarus know one by one that they hit their mind leak limits. It fell to Chaos Jermon to hold the line. Uh, Marvin, team leader. Let's all raise... Excuse me, let me start that over. I was going to go on a quick tangent in case one forgot that Chaos Jermon is the AI Digimon... Uh, excuse me, is the Digimon that Marvin is using an AI tool to control currently. Anywho, continuing forward, Marvin, team leader, let's all raise glass, let's all raise a glass and grim when this is over. One of the leaders said over chat as the last leadership made their exit, you got it. All right, logging, uh, the chat went quiet. So, unfortunately, that last member was attacked. 
Uh, so a lot of elements to this quote. I love how Logan Mon, so uh, to set some context, Ryudoman is unconscious right now. Doraman and Logoman, they seem to be devoting most of their, as the passage stated, most of their processing skills in cracking the, the, the gate. If Ryudoman was conscious, the same aspect of well, conscious and cooperative, right? <laughs> I would get the feeling if he was conscious, he wouldn't be cooperating. But let's say conscious and cooperative, more than likely Ryudoman will also be focusing on cracking that gate. Right. Despite that occurring, I love how, and I guess this makes sense. Uh, I guess this makes sense since Logomon is a wolf slash dog like Digimon. Um, but I love how his sense of smell is really helpful in this instance. And it's true, as Doramon does point out, there's really not much that they could possibly do currently. They can't fight since Logomon and Doramon need to uh, well crack the gate. And all they could really do is depend on their allies. Yet they're also aware, they being E.G., Logomon, Dormon, everyone present is aware that uh, what's coming, this gatekeeper, not just like the other gatekeepers, uh, but this actual royal knight uh, that protects not just the gate, but the deaths of the digital world. They know what that is and it's coming for them. It's not something to just sneeze at or just to disregard. And so because of that, I love how Dormon states uh, that he does trust Logomon. And then he makes the choice to essentially give out the order uh, to let Marvin know to start instructing other people to start logging out. I just really like and appreciate that. So um, I know it sounded like I was going through a long process. What I want to highlight is I loved how I went from Logomon to Dormon, then Dormon to Logomon, back to Dormon, who then reflected that to Marvin, thus encompassing the whole group, the Sons of Chaos, not just the three individuals who are trying to crack, uh, crack the gate, but everyone who's present in this process. Um, I also really appreciate how they ended up doing this list of the other code crackers, uh, the Sons of Chaos leadership saying, announcing that they're announcing the departure. I just really like that because I think it, it adds a lot to the drama, to the action that's at play. It reminds me of uh, in Godzilla minus one, spoilers if one hasn't seen it, but I won't be specific, but at the end, when extra assistance comes and everyone starts listing the name of their boats, really cool. I kind of get that same impression as well. Even if right here, I would argue they're not retreating. They've just completed their aspect of the mission. Thus, it's been completed now. Uh, and then also really enjoy the anticipation how it seems like the World Knight is the one that's attacking uh, this last code cracker who's logging out. But we'll find out shortly who it really is. Um, so, and then lastly, I also like the camaraderie. Uh, the commandership that's present between the Sons of Chaos. Marvin, team leader. I'm going to assume team leader is Koski. Let's all raise a glass and grim when this is over. One of the leaders said over chat as the last leadership made their exit. Again, I just really like that because it really demonstrates that I would argue these past couple of parts has kind of made Koski and Doramont seem uh, less friendly and more uh, like they're using individuals and I kind of don't like that aspect again when we first got introduced to these two characters I really felt they were more comforting more friendly more warming uh, more more warmth towards them uh, but we're finding out that they might be using Digimon for the little revolution and so forth right but yet again if it was true if they were truly code Doramon and Koski I would argue that this camaraderie wouldn't be present, right? Uh, they wouldn't want to celebrate this mission when everything's done and uh, done and over. And again, I know I keep saying this, but we must forget that. What's Koski's reputation? No one of the Sons of Chaos has ever gone DMIA. So that's an aspect that I would argue is a caring uh, aspect. One needs to care to actually prevent 
from DMIA uh, from occurring because then that means you're going to keep track of everyone's mind linking skills, everyone's mind linking duration, how long they could actually stay present. For those who have a bit more uh, capacity, such as Marvin the Songsmith, Koski would know he could stay uh, mind link for a bit more longer versus other individuals and so forth, right? So again, I just really like that. Um, but going forward, so this is who attacked uh, that unfortunate member. The slug themselves was part, was plenty plenty damaged. Uh, this is Numimon. He flopped to the ground as if trying to escape the Manakarimon more than anything. Satsuki hollow eyes herself beside it. Sorry about that, Satsuki said, hanging her head as she placed her hand on the immobilized Manakarimon. You're the deputy squad leader of the Digipolice. What do you think you're doing? Marvin bellowed, furious that she managed to shoot one of his comrades out of the sky. She didn't even have any of her commandermon with her. What am I doing? Sasuke repeated, turning to fix the mighty uh, turning to fix the mighty chaos shaman with a fearsome glare. Marvin felt himself recoil at the force of her gaze. I'm getting my squad leader out of here, you filthy code cracker, she barked. Admirable, but what were you hoping to accomplish with a single Nunimon? Marvin shouted. Trying to, uh, trying to deter Satsuki from escalating the situation. So, uh, if one doesn't recall, when Marvin first made his introduction during this whole attack, um, he points out that he was impressed with how Satsuki was able to command uh, so many Commandermon, I think it was. And uh, it's kind of implied, EJ asks, so are you saying that she's better at AI cracking or something like that than you are, Marvin? And Marvin doesn't really answer that question. Uh, he kind of just makes a statement. This, I think, really uh, helps to show that although Marvin is skilled, Satsuki is also a skilled individual, and thus him not answering that question, it was because he's aware uh, that he can't be cocky or arrogant. And I think this kind of shows right here that Satsuki turns to glare at the mighty chaos Jumon, and this fearsome glare actually makes Marvin uh, recoil. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> essentially, just the, the amount of determination that must be in Satsuki's eyes it's going to make one second guess that they want to face up against Asutsuki. Um, also like how despite Marvin's possible, I don't want to say second guessing because that sounds too negative, but is possible second opinions about the situation. I love how he's still trying to keep the peace, essentially, trying to find a more diplomatic di diplomatic conclusion. Admirable, but you were hopeful. What were you hoping to accomplish with the single Nuni Mon, Marvin shouted, trying to deter Asutsuki from escalating the situation. So when he says that line, one could argue that he's trying to taunt Sasutsuki, but the way, it's all about the tone of voice, right? If it's it, it's if instead this quote stated, Marvin shouted, uh, trying to get under Sasutsuki's skin, then we know that Marvin's kind of being a jerk a little bit, right? He knows that she's heavily outnumbered and he's not really taking her seriously. But the fact that it says trying to deter Sasutsuki from escalating the situation, this tells me that Marvin's tone of voice is less of mockery and more of uh, of, of, of uh, eco, uh, uh, two ecos speaking to one another and just kind of giving options of what could of, of what to go of how to go forward from this current situation. Hopefully that makes sense. If it does not, please do let me know. Excuse me for stumbling over my words. I feel like I'm doing that a quit a bit more often today than I typically do. Anyways, yeah, so I do like that a lot, reinforcing Sasuke's skills, and we're going to see that again reinforced shortly. And also Marvin, reinforcing his skills too. Even if he does have some second opinions about the situation, he's not going to back down himself. He's fully aware of what he is capable of too. Hey, Satsutsuki, Eiji said as he leapt into the fray. 
Eiji Nagasumi Sasuke scowled even harder. Her life had been nothing but a series of setbacks ever since Eiji entered the picture. He was pestilence incarnate. She would have someone exercise the little demon as she could. It's too dangerous to stay hollowized. All it takes is one straight bullet and you're a goner. Don't you freaking start. I know exactly how dangerous it is and I'm prepared to deal with the consequences. She would suffer the same fate as she were in Nuniman's core uh, and they happen to suffer catastrophic damage anyhow. It's about to get a lot worse. Something real bad's coming. Shut it, puppy trainer. She snapped and produced something from her pocket. Is that a Digimon doc? The pouch from which she produced a device looked like some sort of ready-to-eat military ration. It had a cruelly printed label on that on it that read, Classified, Mutapulian Police Department, Unit 11, D-003799. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone. Give me a quick second. I'm going to drink some water. <clears throat> and pardon me for the clearing my throat. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. <clears throat> my throat was tickling when I was reading that, so <laughs> I was trying to ignore that. Anywho, uh, Mutapulian Police Department classified. Marvin stopped Ergemon assistant eyes got a good look at the label. Apologies, squad leader. I just sent the higher-ups my resignation. Satsuki said as she looked at the unconscious Ryurimon inside whom Yolene was trapped. Uh, Satsuki, Ichi stammered. Once I unleash this state secret Digimon, I'll be no different from the criminals in the SOC. But it doesn't matter. The Digipolice can't afford to lose you. Satsuki yelled as she turned on the pre-sync Digimon dock. The wind carried... Uh, the wind carried horrific metallic scream. There was a new Digimon in play, which put EG on high alert, but nothing appeared. So this really shows. So, in one of the previous parts, I discussed how something I liked about Sasuke is how even though they were retreating, uh, she was keeping the squad leader in mind, uh, Yolene in mind. She was retreating, but she was doing so because that's exactly what was requested of her. And that was part of the original mission goal. Now that she's completed that part, the official mission from the Digipolice, and unfortunately they have failed, right? Um, <clears throat> Satsuki needed to retreat with not just the Commandermon, but also the High Commandermon from Takabani, the other individual who was named. Um, Yolene was captured, and Yolene was uh, not successful in uh, deterring Koski from completing his own mission. So on paper, the Digipolice did fail that, that mission, right? Uh, so when they all go back to the Digipolice, I would argue that Sasuke probably feels she's going to do her own personal mission. So I would argue that although she came back, the fact that she's back alone, in her head she's not going against Yolene's orders of retreating because now she's on a new mission and that mission is to rescue Yolene uh, from her captors. And I just really appreciate that because it really again shows the same way that Koski has a commandership, a uh, a camaraderie between himself and his uh, uh, the individuals that he works with, we're seeing that Sasuke and Yolene also share something similar. Yes, it's probably a lot more professional. They probably don't raise drinks with one another the way that the Sons of Chaos do. But again, the fact that uh, Sasuke is willing to come rescue Yolene on her own, and she has so much respect for Yolene as well. The uh, let me see, do do do. Uh, the Digipolice can't afford to lose you. I just really appreciate that because that's essentially Satsuki acknowledging uh, Yolene's skills. So from these, these two passages, we see that Marvin acknowledges Satsuki's skills and Satsuki highlights uh, Yolene's skills as well. So there's a bit of a hierarchy. But they're all talented mind linkers. And I also love... Um, well, I don't know if the word love is correct. Uh, I kind of feel like these Digimon docs that contain state secret Digimon are kind of coming into play out of nowhere. I was kind of okay with the Chaos Jumon because we did see 
I guess the group researching that with Machine Jermon, uh way back in part one or part two, uh, whichever portion that it was. Uh, but in this instance, uh, as it turns out, that powerful Digimon, the Digipolice also had one. I suppose that makes sense, but I'm curious to how Sasuke had attained this Digidoc. One would think since it's state classified and apparently she has to lose her job over this, um, you one would think that it's behind some better security or something like that. But I acknowledge this is probably just for the story, the sake of the story. Uh, but that's just one minor complaint that I have, just these docs coming out of nowhere. I do wish that the docs are more prevalent and present throughout the story. And we're going to see what I mean by that shortly with a future quote as well. Oh, just making sure I read everything that I want to discuss. All right, cool. Moving on. Uh, <clears throat> the Digipolice just had a mega level Digimon sitting around. Eiji said, aghast, it looked like a robotic humanoid soldier, as BG could, uh, as Eiji, <laughs> excuse me, as best Eiji could tell, but it could also fly. It specialized in aerial attacks with its Gatling gun, but the jet engines attached to its back could easily prepare it across land at high speeds if need be. Its primary weapon was its right arm, a long four-barrel Gatling gun. Its head looked like an airplane cockpit with a special coating, but complex circuitry filled the space where a seat would otherwise be. This Digimon wasn't meant to be piloted like Minokuramon, but rather operated as a tool. It typically took two to operate as well, a pilot and someone to interface with control, yet there was Tsutsuki fulfilling both duties with ease. So again, that, that last line is really highlighting that Tsutsuki's AI code cracking skills or code controlling skills, it really is nothing to be scoffed at. Uh, she's doing the duties of What's meant for two individuals are on her own. And, and one would argue, what I love about this so much is that it is believable because uh, so far we're, uh, the story has set up Suzuki to be very much in a determined, fiery state currently. Right? She really wants to rescue Yolene and she also wants to get her, not her revenge, but well, as stated earlier by Suzuki, she's a bit tired <laughs> with certain individuals, right? So <laughs> when one is a bit tired with someone else, that could really lend to one uh, uh, getting more strength, right? So her being able to do this, I think makes a lot of sense. And I really do like how Satsuki wasn't just brushed aside. I had a feeling she will be returning uh, to help in some kind of way to rescue Yolene. Uh, so I wasn't concerned about that, but I think it will be as awesome as it currently is. Even if I'm not the biggest fan of the whole uh, Digimon docs and AI control Digimon through the docs and everything like that. Um, so I, I mostly just read all of that just because I wanted to read that last line. I felt like that last line without the whole passage just would have been uh, too short and also a bit boring, a bit drab. At least with this, we got a description of uh, Bergdramon. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Bergdramon. Bergdramon. The one that came from the dock. Um, before I continue, I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure this is a typo, but the Bergdramon is spelled B R I. G-A-D-R-A-M-O-N. Yet after this, they seem to start referring it to as Drahmon, uh, D-R-A-M-O-N. So um, I'm just gonna go ahead and utilize the name Bergodramon, even if I have trouble pronouncing it because that was the first one that was used. I just wanna quickly point that out. Anywho, going forward, uh, don't say anything, just do it. Just eliminate those who challenge the deep layer of digital world, no communication is possible. Among Mega, who are highly honed beings, they are the closest to a god, a system administrator. When faced with the armed angels of the digital world, crack, uh, Code Cracker, there was only one thing to do, even if it's against the digital world. There was only one option for anyone, 
be they a code cracker or an officer, the Digipolice themselves confronts it with this Digimon, run, and pray you weren't rendered DMIA. This time, however, Omega Mon will come face to face with the cadre, with the cadre of the finest mind linking a mind linker has ever known. Excuse me, everyone. Sorry, let me quickly just uh, blow my nose really quickly. Sorry about that. Um, this time, however, Omega Mon will come face to face with the cadre of the finest mind linkers ever known. A handful attempted to crack open the gateway and one fighting to rescue her dear friend and colleague at the edge of the digital world. No one in this crew could be scared off quite so easily. In fact, and only straightened their resolve and made what they had to do all the more clear. They steered themselves for what was for what was to come. Pardon me, I'm not gonna lie, my cat's uh, fur uh, was uh, 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 irritating my nose. So I thank your patience for that. Anywho, so the beginning of this passage starts off from the perspective of Megamon. And if one, if one is watching this, not just viewing, uh, hearing this, you may have noticed that I leaned in closer. And that's because the way that the type is... Uh, typed up, or the, the way that the font is uh, typed here, it's all closely put together. It states, among Mega, that's in regular type font, and here where it gets very tightly knit together, and I don't think it's a, uh, uh, this was done on purpose, uh, to add to the mythos or the mystery of the Royal Knight, who are highly honed beings, they are the closest to a, then God is in quotation marks. I actually really like how they did that, even though it is a bit difficult to read. Uh, because again, it, it does add to the mythos, I would argue, of the Royal Knight. Um, especially because when it's all close together like that, it really are closest to a quote-unquote God. Why is it seeming so unapproachable, so overly powerful, right? Uh, one would hope that if one is more godlike, they'll be approachable, uh, amicable, you could communicate with them, and they'll give up an aurora of peace. And comfort, right? <laughs> I would argue, <laughs> as this states that when Omega Mon comes, um, all one could do is run and pray he won't render DMIA, right? <laughs> I wouldn't want to meet a godlike figure like this. Uh, so I love the description, even if it's quite cold, and I think that's done on purpose. Um, and what I also like is, despite this fearsome Royal Knight coming, uh, it, the, the narrative doesn't dismiss the group of characters that's present for this confrontation. Um, this time, however, Omega Mon will come face to face with the cadre of the finest mind linkers ever known. No one in this crew would be scared off so quite easily. In fact, it only strengthened the resolve and made what they had to do all the more clear. They stew themselves what was to come. I really enjoy and appreciate that passage because, again, um, uh, it could have described everyone as being nervous, as being fearsome, not fearsome, but being uh, well, scared. But yet, despite that, everyone's been described as confront, uh, stooling themselves, of getting more confidence. Even Satsuki, I feel it's just the whole group. If we wanted to separate Satsuki from the Sons of Chaos, I feel like the the, the, the dialogue would do that. The the written uh, the the narrator would do that. Excuse me. Oops. Let me go to the next quote. Sasuke's Burgerjumon launched all three of his guided organic missiles from their left arm, each one slamming into Omega Mon from the side. The blasts were enough to knock the Royal Knight off course and force it to, la uh, to land atop the gateway to regroup, but nowhere near strong enough to pierce its armor, let alone defeat it. Genocidal rain. <laughs> That's the attack. Burgerjumon followed the missile attack with a barrage from the Gatling gun. Sasuke didn't fully understand why she was assisting in the fight against Omega Mon. 
She had no reason to help these criminal code crackers, but it was clear that the Royal Knight was after Tartarus and Ryorimon stood a chance of becoming collateral damage. She had to fight to keep Yolene safe. Again, I just love how focused Asusuke is. Um, despite her having such uh, uh, animosity towards the Sons of Chaos, especially towards EG, she could easily just uh, gone away, uh, maybe not retreat, but just back up a little bit to allow uh, the Sons of Chaos to have a little fight with uh, Omega Mon and then to come in and mop up with whoever's left, right? But yet, Tsusuke makes, uh, makes a choice to instead join in on the fight. And, uh, and although at first she's a bit confused, she also understands by not joining in the fight, that means that Yolene's going to be an even bigger danger. And she's already in, uh, she really is in quite a lot of danger, right? So uh, she's, uh, she, she being Tsusuke, she really wants to mitigate as much danger towards Yolene as she can. And thus, one of the best ways to do so is to help these Sons of Chaos. I think that just shows so much about Sasuke's character. And I really, uh, again, appreciate that this is included. And although Sasuke may not have been, uh, may not have been as present as the other characters, um, whenever she is uh, present within the page, she always does stand out in a really positive way. And I do appreciate her character. Um, yep, moving forward. They weren't going to make it. The Royal Knight was going to kill Tartarus. Kuski, E.G. cried out. All he could do was pray now. Everyone could communicate with the Digimon at the speed of light, yet here they were all collectively holding their breath. It was then that Koski finally made a move. He reviewed two Digimon docks, one in each hand. They weren't Digimon linkers, but they were synced in advance of two more Digimon. I told you I was collecting classified Digimon, didn't I? Koski said, revealing two more mega level Digimon. By which you mean you have two or three, each at the same level as Machinjimon or Chaosjimon. Gateway, 99% cracked, by the way, Doramon said as the two mega level Digimon emerged from the docks just in time, uh, just in time to receive the slash for Omega Mon's transcendent sword. Koski's miraculous timing gave the humans a new lease on life and hoped that they might find a way out of this. You guys heard the sound of the side, uh, pardon me about that, that was my cat, she knocked something over. Um, so what I like about this quote, sorry because my cat, she did distract me, let me quickly reread it. Oh, yeah, so, so I do have, maybe I'm misremembering this, but the I told you I was collecting classified Digimon, didn't I? Koski said that. I do have, have a faint recollection of Koski mentioning something like that in one of the previous chapters, I think chapter two. I might be wrong about that. If I am wrong, please feel free to correct me, or if I am correct, feel free to reinforce my memory. Um, so if that is true, if it was mentioned in the past, uh, the whole Digimon dog doesn't rub me off. Uh, let me start that over. If it is true, if Koski did mention these uh, classified Digimon in the past, the usage of them doesn't really rub me as much as I previously did when I first started reading the chapter. Um, uh, what I what I still do wish those the Digimon docs themselves, if they weren't going to be used during the story, I just wish that they were uh, described as being present. So a really good example of how this would be from Berserk. So uh, Guts' character, he's actually walking around with what's known as a behelet. And the behelet is what allows one to become an apostle. And in the world of Berserk, uh, that's not a good thing. <laughs> Usually apostles are good, right? But in the world of Berserk, it's not. Or if not an apostle, then the chosen one could become a god hand. This behelet, it's never used. Guts would never use it. Yet despite that, constantly within the story, uh, it makes its presence felt. Like one of the characters might be interacting with it. Typically, it's Puck, a comedy relief character. Uh, he usually has it out or he's hugging it or something like that. I do recall in previous parts of the story where sometimes a dog was described 
But I don't recall the dogs ever being described as a way to hold Digimon besides for the prototype linkers that the professor had with the group Tartarus before Tartarus became a name, a monkey or um, did I pronounce that correctly? Excuse me, <laughs> a name, a label. Um, so again, if it is true that Koski did say this about classified Digimon, the usage of them doesn't really rub me the wrong way. Uh, but I do wish that the docs had been mentioned a bit more frequently. Not the usage of them, but just the presence of them. So then to make the reader go, oh, I wonder what that doc is for. Why does Koski, why does Marvin, the leaders of the SOC, why do they have these mysterious devices when they already have linker straps? Um, but again, that's just a minor complaint. Uh, maybe when I reread the story, those details are present, and I just forgot about it. Uh, anywho. So, making sure of uh, everything once discussed has been discussed. Um, so, I guess I also do like the way that Koski's demeanor is described as well. Throughout the part, part five, he's kind of described as kind of being stoic, kind of just not just standing there mindless, but standing there being aware of what's going on around him. And so, when the, this portion, it was then that Koski finally made a move. In my head, I did read it as a really cool uh, motion. Uh, he wasn't scared or anything like that. He just finally made the choice to take action. What was that action to take out these two Digimon dogs? So I did think that was cool. <clears throat> and I like that last line too. Koski's miraculous timing gave the humans a new lease on life and hope that they might find a way out of this. So this is the last quote. Ghostly projections rose up from each of the three prototype Digimon. Doramon's in the form of Doragreymon, Ryodimon's in the form of Hasuryurimon, and Logomon's in the form of Solologarmon. These projections settled back down around each Digimon, wrapping around them as a massive amount of code began to shoot out of their bodies, shoot out from their bodies. The gateway let out another massive groan, the massive multilayered geometric pattern the three prototype Digimon created, the Chipperite's key sank a bit further and locked into place. The back door was finally open. The mega level Digimon Koski had unleashed were torn asunder by Omega Mon's blade, now an inch from finding its way into Koski's windpipe. 100% gate cracking complete, Doramon announced as Koski, Eiji, and the three prototype Digimon all vanished from sight. And that's how part four, uh, part, excuse me, part five ends. Um, I really, I like this quote from the beginning just because I like the description of how the three prototype Digimon are describing this these projections or the evolved forms approving above them. Uh, I, I, it sounds really cool in my mind. And this whole, the way that the gateway is being described as slowly being opened up as well. I really like the description of that. And then lastly, the way that this part ends, I'm not gonna lie, it does leave me feeling really excited. I think I said the same thing with the last part as well. I like how the last part ended with the start of the gate cracking. And now this part ends with the actual opening of the, great crack, of the gate cracking. And now in the next part, uh, we'll see we're actually within the digital world post gate crack uh, or the deaths of the digital world, wherever, uh, however it's going to be described. 100% um, goat cracking complete. Dormon announces Koski, Eiji, and the three prototype Digimon all vanished from sight. Which is really cool. I love that last line. I felt like it, it does a good job of making the reader uh, being excited for the next part. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. And or, and or watching, I do appreciate it. My question for everyone today is going to be, so I am actually quite curious about the deaths of the digital world. Are we actually finally going to go into the digital world? And I'm not gonna lie up to this point, I've been imagining it, imagining it 
as a digital world from past properties like from Savers, uh, Ghost Game, uh, Adventure, right? It's always described as kind of like a lush uh, forest um, landscape without a lot of buildings because there's no humans to build cities and stuff like that. There's some cities, but not huge cities, right? I wonder that same description will be used for this digital world or if it's just going to be kind of kept as a like a uh, more digital landscape where everything's going to be more like wires and numbers and everything like that. So to reiterate my question for everyone for this part is how do you think the digital world is going to look and this iteration of Seekers will look the way that we've been uh, introduced to it in the past or it's going to look a bit more digital in, na in nature. I haven't finished uh, um, uh, Cyber... Not Cyberpunk, I'm sorry. Um, oh no, I'm drawing a, a blank. The Digimon game that's um, Cyberpunk-ish. I haven't finished that one, unfortunately. Uh, Cyber Sleuth, excuse me. I haven't finished Cyber Sleuth, but to my understanding, the digital world for that game, uh, it's in the way that I describe. Let's say world landscape and more a digital landscape with wiring, with wires, um, binary code and everything like that. So again, thank you so much for watching or listening. I really do appreciate it. Have a prodigious day, everyone, and take care. I'll see you guys here next week for part six.